0: It's still hot here in these mountains, 90 degrees. Every day, and it's October. What's going on? I went down yesterday, mid-morning, to feed Mama and Razzie. I left Sammy on the seat of the mule in the shade and walked up to their barn. Hey, Mama. Hey, Razzie. You guys want some breakfast? Razzie pops her head out of their barn, calls to me. Hey, Mama, where are you? Strange. She's normally up and out. I look around. I don't see her anywhere in the pasture. I walk up to the barn and look over in their living quarters. No mama. Uh Uh-oh. I go to the door, look through. I see something white on the ground in the corner, not moving. Uh Uh-oh. I open the door and go in. Razzie's nuzzling on my hands and pocket, looking for a treat. I walk over to Mama on the floor, curled up, not moving. I grip my teeth and reach down to nudge her. Oh, I know she's getting old, but I hope she's not dead. I nudge her once, twice. She's not cold. She opens her eyes, sees it's me, and jumps up. Mama, don't worry me like that. I thought you might have kicked the bucket. We don't know how old she is. She has no pedigree. I don't even know where Manny got her from. She was fine. Jumped up, famished as usual. I figure she just slept in because it was so hot out. Hello folks, this is Ernie Johnson, owner of Mama and Razzie, and also proud owner of Anashira, the maker of one-of-a-kind handcrafted goat milk soaps. Thanks for joining me. Let's go back once again to Colombia many years ago in this week's episode of Stories from Anashira. You may recall in a podcast some 10 months ago, I talked of leaving Spain after living there for about three years. I had gone on an outing foraging for the famous gurumelo mushrooms. We had taken a group of friends to the isolated and highly protected Coto Doniana to see the wildlife and had spoken with the spirit world. And my boss had come through like a champ and paid me off with stacks of thousand peseta notes. One thing I haven't told you about is a struggle I'd had over the last year. What do I do when I get back to the States? I could go back and get my PhD. Nah, I'd had enough of the politics involved in high levels of a big university. The only thing to do with a PhD in German literature would be to teach at the college level. And not a lot of jobs open there. I could go back and look for a corporate job. At that time, it sounded dreadful to me. I wanted something more exciting with my life. I was reading lots of magazines and journals that I had sent over from the States. I stumbled on an article about some odd creature in the animal world, a shrimp, called the Malaysian prawn, scientific name Macrobrachium rosenbergi. It was one of the biggest freshwater prawns in the world, found in tropical and subtropical areas of Asia. Although it is considered a freshwater species, The larval stage depends on brackish water. Studies were being conducted around the world on the feasibility of raising this animal commercially. I read everything I could find about it. I'd never eaten one of these prawns, but experts claimed they were delicious. So I read as much information as I could get my hands on and discovered that there was no single expert in the farming of these creatures. And I realized also that Colombia had lots of cheap land in the northeast corner of the country, in the state of La Guajira. I'd never been there, but I knew it was dry, not good for agriculture, but it had small rivers that flowed into the Caribbean Ocean, worth looking into. So Maria and I flew from Madrid to Bogota. We planned on staying in Colombia for a couple of months while we decided what to do next. It was strange, very strange to be back in Colombia. I had last been there when I was in graduate school. We spent the summer there while I studied for my exams. At that time, I spoke very little Spanish, and I did feel like a gringo. Now I spoke Spanish, Castilian Spanish, and I understood everything that was going on. I even understood the jokes, and Maria's brothers couldn't pick on me anymore. It was great. It was like a new world. I could speak with Don Arturo. I could talk to people in the markets. I could converse at cocktail parties. I could sit down with Maria's grandfather, Kiko, and talk with him about dinosaur fossils. I could speak with waiters myself with no middleman. Ah, It was good. You may recall that we'd invited our Australian friends, Donald Lever and Raymond Cantrell, to stop on their way from Madrid to Queensland, Australia for their summer holidays and see Colombia. Well, we had been there a couple of weeks, and the two of them show up. They were really good guys, easy going, good humored, loved to joke, loved to party. And Maria's mother loved playing tour guide and loved Colombia. So we sat down and she asked what we wanted to do with Ray and Donald. You know, we have a ranch in Los Llanos, a cattle ranch, Ernesto. You've never been there. It's quite striking. So we decided we'd take a family trip to the to the Llanos and piled in the back of a big truck. Ligia and her friend Capitan González sat in the cab and the six of us, Maria, her brothers, Arturo and Andres, Donald, Ray, and I in the back. We drove east out of the Andes, started at 8,600 feet elevation, and worked our way down, down to the hot country, to the plains, which run from the base of the Andes all the way to the Amazon jungle and eventually into the Amazon River. Arturo pulled out a bottle of Aguardiente, what seemed to be the Colombia's national drink, literally translated agua, water, ardiente, burning, or fire water. It was a type of anise-flavored rum, sweet. It did burn. So we passed the bottle around. Donald and Ray, of course, being good Aussies, loved to drink rum, and they didn't miss a chug off of that bottle. The weather was gorgeous. It grew dark, and we sat with the wind blowing around us. There is a different aguardiente from each Colombian state. I never could taste a difference, but I assumed there was some complicated series of regional recipes to brew this liquor. I found out later there are only four ingredients. Alcohol, sugar, anise, and water. And only one of those comes from Colombia. The pure alcohol is imported from Ecuador. The sugar from Guatemala, the anise flavoring from Spain, and the water, it's the only thing that comes from Colombia. You know, anyone could easily make it in their kitchen sink. So I guess the fact that it's mixed together and bottled in Colombia makes it Colombian. But we didn't know that at the time, and we felt like we were following a great Colombian tradition, drinking agua diente, quite a bit of it, in the back of a truck. You can buy a bottle of it online in the States for about $23, but the alcohol content has been lowered to under 30%. It's not the best value for your liquor dollar. So we rolled into their ranch late at night and were led to the sleeping quarters, a long, narrow room with hooks on posts and walls, and tied to two hooks each was a series of hammocks, amacas. Arturo explained, We don't spend a lot of time here, so we use these hammocks. They're actually safer because they keep us off the ground and away from spiders, centipedes, fire ants, tarantulas, and other unappetizing creatures. The trick is not to lie lengthwise, but to position yourself somewhat diagonally. Head a little bit higher than your feet. So we get in our hammocks, clothing still on. And believe it or not, it was a pretty good night's sleep. We woke up to the smells of strong coffee and arepas. Arepas cooking. Remember, those are the cornflour pancakes. There was fried chacama. It's a fish from a nearby river. A bowl of chacama broth. Chow down, says Artie. We have a busy day in front of us. This soup will knock that hangover right out, guys. I must tell you, the Bonets had excellent cooks in each of their ranches. That chacama did look like a fried piranha, but a bite of it with fresh lime juice squeezed on it brought me right back to life. I didn't worry about Donald and Ray. I'd never seen either of those guys with a hangover. So we finished our breakfast and Artie sat us down for some discussion of our day. Okay, guys, he said to Donald, Ray, and me. We're going out hunting. We'll be on horseback. You two ever ridden a horse? They said they had. Now the term Los Llanos means the flat country or plains. Much of the Llanos was grasslands, but there were streams, rivers, small lakes, and wooded sections. We'll take shotguns. Ducks are migrating over, so let's get some for lunch and dinner. Remember, don't just shoot at something to kill it, said Artie. We have a rule here. If you shoot something, we eat it. The acuerdo? You agree? All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we're taking a couple of llaneros, our cowboys, with us. So off we rode, ready for the hunt. Off to my right, I heard a shot. Boom! I rode over. It was Donald. What did you get? I asked. Not sure. I heard a sound. One of the Yanettos rode over, got down, and held up a big dead animal, an armadillo. "'Why did you shoot that?' said Artie. "'It sounded like a duck. "'You're crazy. "'Have you ever eaten an armadillo? "'Well, you will tonight.' "'So off we went. "'We got a couple of ducks. "'Then I heard a shot from my left. "'I saw Ray. "'I got it!' he yelled. "'We go and look. "'It's a monkey.' Why did you shoot a monkey? I thought it was something else. Were you ever eating monkey? No, I never wanted to. Well, you will tonight. Oh, man, said Ray. Can't we just leave it? Nope. You know the rules. So we headed home. The cook wasn't happy to have to clean and cook these animals, but she didn't bat an eye. One of the famous dishes in Los Llanos is... Sancocho, Sancocho de gallina, Sancocho de res, chicken soup or beef soup. We sat down. We ate at a long dinner table, hungry from our active day. The cook announces, Sancocho de mico y armadillo, Sancocho of monkey and armadillo. There was not any applause, no oohs and ahs. But it was tasty. How could it not be? Onions, peppers, garlic, fresh corn on the cob, achiote, plantains, potatoes, yuca, and of course, fresh monkey and armadillo meat. After dinner, we're sitting around, and Artie comes up and says, Come see what I caught. We went over and see he's got a large snake tied up behind its head with a rope. It's an anaconda we caught. Why is it tied up? I'm going to train it, he says. Now I knew Artie was a little crazy. The snake was about eight feet long and not happy. It was big enough. The next morning, I get up and I go out for a cup of strong black coffee. I find Artie sitting at the table looking dejected. Hey man, what's up? It's terrible. That anaconda. It just died. It must have broken its neck trying to escape from the rope. Oh, I'm sorry, Artie. So what now? Well, he says, I guess Sancocho. Huh? Yeah, for dinner. Anaconda Sancocho. And that's what we had. We were glad it was relatively small. Can you imagine a large anaconda? It would have been, I don't know, 500 pounds of meat. They'd still be eating that thing today. So we headed back to Bogota after about a week. We showed Donald and Ray lots of interesting places in the Andes, around the Savannah de Bogota. And one day we're sitting at the dinner table, and Maria's mother asked, where would you like to go next with these Australians? Eh, it might be nice to show them the Caribbean, Maria said. That's a good idea. We can take the truck and head all the way up to La Guajira. Ernesto, you've never been there. No, I haven't. It sounds good. So we got the truck again, hooked up a couple of hammocks to the railings, and headed on another drive down the east side of the Andes. I haven't shared with you the excitement of driving in Colombia, especially in those days. First, roads, yes, even highways, are narrow. Shoulders frequently don't exist. Potholes are common. Second, traffic is heavy and drivers are either murderous or suicidal. You can easily have two narrow lanes with two cars passing each other, going in each direction at the same place. Third, steep cliffs in those Andes with no safety railings. Four, traffic will include trucks, buses, big limousines, tiny Fiat's, tractors, carts pulled by donkeys, army caravans, and any other thing you can imagine. Five, without warning, you'll have to slam on your brakes to avoid a a landslide, a collapse of the road, a crash with fatalities still in the middle of the road, a herd of goats or cows, any other thing. A good thing to do before heading off on a driving trip there is if you have Valium, take one. Take extras with you. Also, Maria's sister Claudia and Hilberto had arrived in Colombia from Spain for their month's summer vacation. So it was Artie, Ray, Donald, Maria, her mother Ligia, Capitán Armando González, Claudia, Hilberto, and I, nine of us. And we planned to drive from Bogota with a stop in Bucaramanga, about 5,000 feet lower in altitude, continue on with stops in Barranquilla, which is a bustling seaport on the Magdalena River as it runs into the Caribbean, to the capital of the Department of La Guajira, Rio Hacha. Ligia thought we could get there in about 20 hours of driving. Then on to some place she wanted us to see. Capitan González was a Navy man. He believed he was invincible, and he drove that way. We, in the back, went from moments of pure terror when we thought we were near death to quick moments of elation when we realized we'd survived another brush with a grim reaper. None of us stood behind the cab and looked forward down the road. That was sure to bring flashes of terror. We didn't even pass around a bottle of aguardiente. There's only so much of that you can drink on a trip. So after about five long days driving and 1,500 kilometers, we arrived in Rio Acha. It's a small city on the Caribbean. Last stop in civilization, said Lichia. From tomorrow on, no hotels. We'll sleep in hammocks and eat at stands on the side of the road and we'll cook our own food over a fire. That's okay. We had a bunch of tins of sardines, jugs of water, a case or two of good Colombian beer, aguila beer, a case of that famous Colombian soft drink, Colombiana, and some frying pans and pots and other stuff. Mornings were my favorite time on trips like this. We'd stop at some stand at the side of the road, where a woman would be making arepas by hand. It's a, this arepa, you remember, it's that thick sort of tortilla. It's made of sweet cornmeal, fried on a hot pan. You can find them with an egg cooked in the middle. Oh, a breakfast of champions. My mouth still waters today when I think about those breakfasts. You can also eat them filled with cheese and meat, or with all of those things. Maybe best of all is just a plain hot arepa covered with melting butter oh, running down the side of your mouth. So we drove on and on along the coast until we hit some nearly hidden road with a chain across it. Lichia had a key to the padlock. She opened it. We drove through several hundred yards under trees along a small river to an ocean cove Beautiful place, deserted, quiet, only the sounds of the wind, the waves, and birds calling. We made a sort of camp. We tied some hammocks to trees, and we swam in the ocean and took the sun and then rinsed off in the river. We went down with a couple of fishing poles late in the afternoon to surf fish. Maybe we'd catch something, something we could eat for dinner. We were most pleasantly surprised to catch fish, plenty of fish, one of the favorites of La Guajira, a smaller fish called La Mojada. It's a kind of sand perch. You clean out the guts, you scrape off the scales, you season it simply with a lot of salt outside and inside the cavity, and you fry it in hot, hot oil. Turn it over and over until it gets crispy. Then you take that hot fish, you put lime juice on it, and the meat just flakes off the bones. So Lichia made a pot of rice, and we cut up in some large avocados and ate. I'd eat a fish, go and catch a couple more, come back, eat another fish. Man, it was better than any restaurant you could find. Finally, people started yelling, Ernesto, no more fish. We're full. We had enough. There's a saying in Colombia. They say a person, Tiene una buena muela. He has a good molar, which really means that person can eat. And that described Hilberto. Catch a couple more. I still have some room, he says. So I did. No one was hungry. We finished off a few of those Aguila beers, passed around That a bottle of Aguardiente Cristal, Life was good. I asked Ligia, so how did you find this place? I see you had the key. Who owns it? She said, Bueno, Ernesto, muy buena pregunta. Ernie, that's a very good question. Well, I've been thinking, you know, just talking and remembering that wonderful dinner and that peaceful paradise makes me tired. So tired I'm going to have to wait to finish this story. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You know, we saw lots of goats, small herds of goats in La Guajita. The original inhabitants were Indians called Wayu. They still make a dish of stewed goat. It's called Friche. They use all parts of the goat, included liver, heart, the meat, blood, they didn't have a lot to eat. They ate everything. Little did I know when we passed those goats on the road or sat down and ate plates of delicious friche with rice and arepas that one day I would have my own goats and milk them myself by hand and make soap out of that milk. But don't worry. I won't slaughter any of my goats to make friche with. Don would never let me. After catching all those fish that day and cleaning them, I could have used a bar of Playa del Mar soap. Go online and buy yourself a couple of bars. Go to the website, anashira.com. Use discount code FALLSTORIES17. That's FALLSTORIES17 altogether for your 17% discount. Only for listeners of this podcast. Hey, Get in the shower. Turn on some lukewarm water. Lather yourself up well. Careful. You don't need too much soap. Don't want to waste it. Clear your mind. Breathe in deeply. Ah, you can sense yourself on that beach in La Guajita. Hear the waves hitting the shore. Feel the breeze cool on your face. Look up at the stars. And smell the salty, sweet air. Ah, handcrafted Playa del Mar soap. Nothing like it. Join me back here in two weeks, and I'll tell you about what Lihya had up her sleeve on my next story from Anashira.